morning. Welcome to the Courage to Succeed podcast, episode two. Today we're going to talk about why people start businesses. Let's sort of get into a little bit about why you start a business and some of the things you need to look out for right at the beginning. Let's start this morning's discussion. Um, we're talking about why do people want to start a business in the first place. There are some stats out there, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on stats, boring you with the numbers, um, that sort of thing. But there are some some numbers that sort of give us some some insight, some direction, some thought on why people start businesses and some of the obstacles that cause them to not be successful in their business. Um, For example, did you know that according to the Small Business Administration or the SBA, about 20% of business startups fail in the first year? Wow, that's a big number. 20% fail in the first year. And there's something like 90% that fail in five years. They don't make it for five years. And I always thought um, in my business experience and practice that part of the reason that that happens is people start business for various reasons, obviously, but most of the time for the wrong reason. A lot of people obviously start business because somewhere along the line they believe or heard or understood that it's about making money and they start, you know, jump out there um, thinking that money's just going to come because their idea or their service or their talent is different and better and and, than anybody else's that's ever been out there and they're going to just um you know tell people or tell the world that they're here and and people are just going to come knocking at their door Um, research shows that there are there are some common themes into why so many new businesses fail soon after starting so today i want to look at a couple of those reasons talk about it a little bit and in the courage to succeed podcast part of what makes us different we believe is that since we have i have spent decades as a business owner and gone through most of what you would go through um, from start to finish um, that is from starting a new business to you know, selling a business or or dissolving a business. I've gone from end to end on it. Um, part of what makes us unique is we have the ability to share some personal stories, not saying that our personal experience is everyone's experience, but that personal experience um, is real and it may provide some insight that could save you months and years of, you know, trying to figure it out and the heartache and pain pain of it. A couple of the reasons that um, people start businesses, and, and again, it's about the why. What's what's in it is driving you. Um, there's some wrong reasons. Uh, I've mentioned money. You know, you know, one of the number one reasons that businesses fail is uh, people start with the thought in mind to make a lot of money. We can get into that a little bit later on. 
Um, another reason, um, not necessarily a wrong reason, but they spend they want to spend more time with their family. So they're working usually in a job. It's taking all of their time between the commutes and the, you know all of those things. Um, the hours, the long hours, the, the lack of feeling um, appreciated. Uh, people want to spend more time with their money. And then the other reason is a lot of people just don't like to have to answer to anyone else. Um, so give us some thought. What's your reason for starting? Or, or why did you start your business? Do you do you even remember? Or, um, you know, those that have already in business and those that are thinking about starting, what is the, the reason? What is it that is going to get you um, up in the morning and, and keep you up late at night and get you to work harder than you're working now in order to get your business off the ground, especially when you're probably going to be the only person that believe in what you're doing. So that why is really important. Let me sort of share some of what I went through when I started my business. I, I started when I was 29 years old, uh, my first company. I had gotten a, a position working for a manufacturing company, a pretty large manufacturing company, um, right after I uh, got out of the military. And again, I was fairly young in my you know early 20s. And um, they hired me as a, um, a bench technician. Um, that's where I'd sit in a lab and did um, repairs on uh, the equipment that the company manufactured and the, the actually it was the, the uh, testing equipment that they used to confirm that the products they manufactured actually worked. And I, I learned that task, um, went to work every day, the usual, you know, eight hour routine. And uh, I was getting into it and um, you know, I was always ambitious, and so in that role, I um, would put in extra hours, um, hours beyond those hours required by the company. I would work um, not expecting to be paid overtime, come in on the weekends. I was, I was really into trying to be the best at that craft. And the management noticed that, and um, at, at some point, um, they put out a, uh, a job opening on a bulletin board, and uh, uh, I saw that job opening, and uh, it had connected with um, what I'd been doing when I was in the military, you know, a couple of years prior to starting this job. The, the position was um, to install to become a cable installer installing cable and this was i mean again years ago when when telephone systems in 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 uh commercial buildings was just becoming a thing where companies would own their own telephone system that they would connect up within the building so this company had plans to purchase a new uh telephone system and uh 
didn't really have a, a department or a crew or staff to, you know, install or maintain that system. And they put this job requirement up for entry-level position. And I said, okay, you know, I, what the heck, I'll apply for that. And um, I applied internally for the position and uh, eventually um, was called in for an interview for the position. And I asked the interviewer, well, you know, why did you, you know, call me in for an interview? And he, and he, and he actually told me that um, in terms of pulling cable or wiring, you know, installing wiring, your resume was the only one that remotely had anything close to that. Now, just sort of a backstory. When I was in the military, I was um, in radio communications and had the opportunity to do field exercises where I was responsible for throwing wire or cable um, through trees in order to connect uh, the, the, the telephone system um, uh, so that when we were doing field operations, I could, you know, connect phone calls to the switchboard. And, and again, this is old stuff. This is before smartphones and, and, and computers and all of that things. Um, like that so we were out in the field and we would pull these cables and connect up and when an officer wanted to communicate with another officer at another point in the field exercise we could plug them in and they could talk to each other um, old switchboard sort of technology and so he saw that on my resume pulling cable through trees hired me for the position to pull cable in the building and uh, but with a plan, he promptly sent me off to to school um, with the manufacturer of the new phone system and and spent months and months uh, training me on you know the equipment and how to how to manage it and program it and install it and and then and install the cable and I followed that with uh, you know months of installing the cable in the new building that the company was, um, you know, having uh, uh, constructed. And so I uh, learned that skill. And, you know, at some point, the company decided to consolidate the phone systems across the country. They had 50 uh, sales offices, one in just about every state. A couple in, in, you know, some of them in the same state. And they decided to, um, you know, since I was, you know, had learned the skill and I'm a year, year and a half into it. And I'm, uh, you know, you know, again, same habits, working um, all the time, you know, just into it, trying to be the best at, at it as I could be. And they noticed that and, and sent me. Um, started to send me across the country to um, take out the old system that was in uh, office facilities that they acquired and put it in the new system that connected to the new corporate system. And so I would fly out to different cities in the country um, by myself um, with my tool bag and um, would go in, take the phone system off the wall and collect up the phones from all of the desks and 
um, installed a new system that had been, you know, shipped in and was there waiting for me, programmed the system, uh, trained the end users, and, uh, and then, you know, off to the next city or back to corporate and wait for the next install and off to that city. And literally, as I was in the midst of these, uh, this traveling sort of installation process, I um, was started thinking about um, this skill that I had learned. Um, and, and, and this was a, a sort of a burgeoning industry at the time. So uh, people were looking for that skill set all over the place. As I um, went to different trainings and conferences and, you know, I was uh, I started to receive offers of positions um, because it was at that time sort of a rare talent. And, uh, and uh, I noticed that in my mind, I kept thinking there's, there's value um, to this beyond, um, you know, just the job that I currently held. And I thought more and more about that. And I started connecting that with my lifelong desire at that point um, to be a business owner. I thought about it for a while, did a little research, uh, not a lot, but, you know, a habit I developed early is to, you know, research any bright ideas that I have and uh, to see if it made sense in the, in the real world. So I did a little research and, uh, and made a decision. I decided that while I was working, I was going to start my own business and um, offer the services that this company had trained me on to other small businesses. Um, not to compete with that company, but to, you know, uh, in a market segment that they weren't in, so small businesses. And um, I went to uh, one of these uh, print shops and um, figured out how to have a business card made up and uh, made up a business card, put my phone number on it and my name and gave myself a title, um, president, of course, and uh, had, a, had a bunch of business cards made up. And then, for some reason, I don't know if it was foolishness or courage, um, but I walked into my boss's office, um, you know, one day and showed him my business card. Yeah, that, that's, that's the courage to succeed part. <laughs> I... Um, you know, just asked him if I could meet with him. He said, of course. And, um, you know, I said, look, you know, I've been thinking about this and I think I want to start my own business. And he sort of read back in his chair and he said to me, wow, look what I created. And, and you know, not trying to be um, smart or, or you know, I, I, mentioned, I, I responded and said, well, Look what I gave you to work with. <laughs> and uh, we chuckled about that. And he, you know, encouraged me. He said, you know, whatever I can do to help you, um, you know, you know, do your thing. You know, I'm, I support you. Um, at that same time, within the company, around that same time period, I'd, I'd worked my way up. And at this point, I'd be uh, been promoted to manager 
of the telecommunications department. Um, so I went from entry level pulling cable to now being a manager with uh, a couple of cable installers under me. And, um, and I was responsible for maintaining this phone system within the, within the company. Um, not long after all of that, uh, you know, I, I traveled, installed the phone systems, felt confident about the ability to offer this service to other people, got my business card made, had the, the boss um, supporting me. The company, one of the things I didn't understand about business at the time, there was things going on within that company. And uh, they uh, was acquired by an international firm and promptly started doing layoffs. And we, we'll talk more about that at some point in, in the podcast. But a major corporation stepped in, bought this company, um, a major international corporation bought this company. And, you know, they start looking at numbers and bottom line and, and you know, and that sort of thing. And they started doing major layoffs. And as they were doing the layoffs, I was doing moves and changes, you know, adding new people in, taking old people out. And eventually the letter came to me. Um, you know, I got a letter saying that I was laid off. Um, the company no longer needed the telecommunications department. So my manager, my boss um, was let go. And the same day I was let go and the entire department was dissolved. Um, so went home unexpectedly, um, you know, without a job. Um, fortunately, um, because I'd been doing so well at this job, I was able to participate in the 401k plan and had saved up a little bit of money. Not a lot, but I'd saved up a, a little bit of money. And so, I, you know, I, I was a little concerned because this, again, was my first job out of the military, so I didn't have a lot of experience anywhere else. But I did believe that that um, skill set was a value in the marketplace. And so I went home, cashed out of my 401k, bought my first desktop computer, which back there was, I don't know, one kilobits. <laughs> it was it was really, I mean, a big old, big old box with, with very little capacity. Um, but at the time, it was the thing. I made an investment and bought bought this uh, computer as I thought about um, expanding my business. And I, I designed a flyer, um, took that design to the print shop and uh, had the flyers printed out um, with something simple like, you know, I install phone systems. Um, can wire your, um, uh, you know, add uh, what they call the jacks or plugs within your resident or your office. And, um, you know, here's my phone number kind of thing. This was before emails. Um, phone number and fax number. That was it. You had to have a fax back then. And, um, and, and I went out and, and I believe if I recall, I mean, this is decades ago, but I went out with my young daughter at the time. I think she was probably seven, eight at the most. And um, 
we started putting flyers, um, which was a thing back then, on the windshield of people's cars in the parking lot. So we like drove to the shopping malls, and I, I think I may have put out 500 or so uh, flyers. And uh, and then I, I waited, you know, for to see if I would get any calls. And lo and behold, my phone started ringing. Um, I started getting phone calls for people who wanted in their house um, a phone connection in a room that wasn't in there. And, um, you know, I would go over, charge them some nominal amount because I really didn't understand pricing and how to charge people and all of that. And um, then I got a call from a doctor's office. And the doctor's office wanted a whole new phone system with, um, you know, multiple phones around the office. And and it's my first, first time, you know. So I figured out, um, found out where to buy the phone systems from, figured out how to put together a quote which, um, you know, was really rough back then. Um, you know, it was not polished at all. Just here's, here's what I have and here's the price I'll charge and didn't understand profit and, and cost and margin and all of that and taxes. And, you know, just, I was in business. I, I just knew that I was in business. And at the time for me, that was good enough. And so my why and the reason I'm sharing this story is because sometimes your why is given to you. Um, you know, I dabbled in the thought of business, but I really didn't move forward until the company laid me off. Um, so I went in sort of, in my, you know, sort of opinion, in a back doorway. I was forced to do something. And, uh, and, and, and it turned out, fortunately, um, you know, to be a, a good uh, move. But that's not always, you know, the best way to do it without the forethought and the planning and, and that sort of thing. And again, in our the future episodes, we'll talk about all of that. Um, but my why at that time was I was laid off. I had a new family um, and I was trying to figure out how I could survive. And so I started that business. That business turned out um, to grow over the next um, decade to um, from from that first contract. I, I think I remember celebrating that first check was three hundred dollars or something. It was, you know, nothing, nothing significant. And uh, I was so excited to get that first check. And, and I just never took time to think beyond, you know, that moment. It was like, yes, I'm in business now, you know. And, um, uh, you know, I went on to grow that business to $3 million in revenue. And and you'll hear more about those stories um, in, in the future. Now, one of the good things that happened in that whole scenario is the same company that laid me off um, Within a month or so after starting, after I got that first phone system installed and I was running around doing residential installs in people's homes, the company called me out of the blue and asked if I would be interested in maintaining 
the phone system. Now, this is, again, the same company that I was working for that laid me off realized, I guess, at some point after they shut down the entire telecom department that they didn't have any anybody that knew the system or that knew how to uh, add new phones or take away, you know, the things that I was doing, the moves, adding changes, as they used to call it back then. And, uh, and, and offered to give me a contract because they remember that I had the business card saying that I did this. And I actually had my first uh, annual contract signed um, where they paid me more um, to do the services than they were paying me as an employer, employee. Um, so I was excited about that. And that, that started my journey into entrepreneurship and and business. But let, let me get back to, so that's sort of my story of my why. I, I, my why is, um, at least at that point, was, um, you know, a forced um, into making a living kind of why. And as I mentioned, fortunately, it worked out for me. And once, you know, after I got mature in business and got going, it obviously, I started rethinking um, the reasons I was in business and, you know, developing a business plan and all of those things that, that you, um, you know, are taught to do. Um, but there's some other reasons that companies, um, you know, people start businesses and, and some of the reasons why, um, you know, people fail in business. Um, and, and so figuring out your why is important. I think that will um, direct your thoughts um, in every aspect of your business. Uh, I, I know that when I um, was gotten to the point where my company was mature and, and it was uh, doing, you know, a couple of million or more in revenue, I had this discussion with my wife. We had, we had a common friend from high school who had also had started a business at a young age and um, he had he had his business he was doing service work he had a had a truck and um, his truck was painted and, you know and he drove the truck and you know serviced his clients in the truck and my wife was aware of that because this was a common friend of ours and um, in my business mindset um, I was influenced by some other, uh, you know, looking at other successful businesses. And I'll, I'll tell you a backstory on that at, at some point. But in my mind, I was always thinking of building a business that looked like a corporation uh, as opposed to a, um, I don't know, how do you describe it? I, I didn't want to be you know, the business with the, the owner with the uniform on that was, you know, in their truck and, you know, they did the work themselves. I was, I wanted to be the president, you know, an executive, come up with the idea, figure out a way to hire people to do the work. Um, and that's sort of my, my, my business thought process right from the beginning. And so here I am in, in the middle of uh, building this company two, three million in revenue. And we, and out of the blue, we had this discussion. My wife said to me, I thought you were going to be like the other guy. 
And I said, huh? And she said, yeah, I thought you, when you, when you told me that you were going to start your company, I thought you were going to be like the other guy. You know, you were going to just, you know, have one in uniform, go to work, and you're in your truck, and no other people working for you and that sort of thing. And, 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 and so in my mind, I, uh, you know, my thought, as I mentioned, was corporate, you know, sort of structure. Walk into an office, conference room, uh, you know, planning, having a sales organization, you know, uh, structure with operations and warehouse and, and all of those things. And all she was thinking that is that I would jump in my truck in the morning, take a couple of phone calls for service and run out and do the service. So we had a different vision of the business. And that set me to thinking uh, going forward as I uh, become a, became a consultant to other businesses or an advisor is to always say to them, think about where you want to be, what you want your business to look like. That will help you um, to uh, direct all of your thoughts, your activities, your business, um, you know, uh, sort of focus would be driven by where you want that business to eventually look like uh, and be like and, and appear to the public. Um, so give some thought to that. It's not just a why, is how you want, what's your end game? What is it that you want to, to be when you grow up, so to speak? So again, think about the why. And on, on this uh, Courage to Succeed podcast, this I always want to try to leave you with some kind of useful information as you think about your business. So number one, think about your why. Number two, think about where you want to go. And I want to share this one last um, uh, thought process. When I started that company um, and I did the flyer, that set um, sort of a process for me that I've um, kept going and, and, and use even till today. The success of that flyer made, had me to think and analyze um, a method to get new customers. And we're going to talk about, we're going to do a whole segment on customer acquisition and we're going to have some subject matter experts to join us to, to help talk about some of the processes and things needed to acquire new customers. But one of the last thing I want to leave with you is that I put out about 500 flyers and I got about six responses. <clears throat> so that, that seems like a lot. Um, you know, 500 flyers. <clears throat> At that time, I probably spent $20 total on the, on the flyers, not counting, you know, my time, which again, starting a business, I didn't even consider my time as an issue because <clears throat> I wasn't um, concerned about paying myself. It was my thing. I was doing what I wanted to do. So I didn't really connected to the value of time, which later on I got a little more sophisticated to think about those things. But, you know, young, excited, can't wait to do it. And I, my thought was time wasn't an issue. What else am I going to do? So, But I put those 500 flies and I got about six responses. So that's a little over 1%. So this is the thing that I kept in mind throughout my entrepreneurial career 
is that there is a percentage of responses that you would get for your effort of outreach. Um, and again, as we talk about new customer acquisition, marketing, advertising, that sort of thing, and, and future episodes, we're going to get more into that. But I always kept that in mind. And so I repeated that process over and over again. As I built that business from that first 500 flyers um, to um, uh, grow it to $3 million, um, those are the things, the kind of uh, things that I started to do. So I was able to make phone calls and to reach out to other um, uh, potential clients at that time and always keeping in the back of my mind that there was a certain number of contacts that I needed to make uh, in terms of reaching a potential customer before I would get one that would be interested in my services. So I kept that in mind. So just something to keep in mind is there, I don't like the term there's a numbers game uh, because uh, I, I try not to be, my flyers were blind and, and you know, I don't, I don't obviously do that anymore. Um, I, they call it cold calling or these were just, you know, blind sort of blastic sales like shotgun selling techniques. Um, obviously, I've you know polished that and now I'm more focused, um, and so um, the number has improved because I do research on the potential customers and 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 then and then market them specifically. Uh, back then, it was just you know whoever in the world might be interested, you know. So I wasted a lot of paper, um, but I still kept in mind that there was a number to that. If I put out 500, I get six. So if I wanted 12, I'd put out a thousand <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, and so I knew that, that there was a level of effort I had to expend in order to get to the number of customers that I wanted or felt I could attract. Even today, four decades later, I use that same technique. And it, and it has consistently worked for me over the years. If I want a new customer, I know that I have to put out so many requests in order to get a response. Um, and so those are the things I want to leave with you today is think about the why you're starting a business. Think about how you want to um, end up or look as you're in the business and and think about the numbers. What is the level of effort you have to put in to be successful? Thank you for joining Cares to Succeed today. We look forward to joining you for future episodes. Your host, Dennis Harris. Thank you.